This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. Kia ora koutou katoa, kua huhi mai nei, mō tēnei o tato. My name is Peter Barron, and I am the radio pharmacist, and I am here on OAR 105.4 FM every week. Over the next half hour, we will talk about how and why and when to use medicines and other matters concerning your health. If you missed the show or wish to listen to today's show or previous shows, these are available on podcast. I'm always happy to talk about any specific issues or questions that you have, and you can contact me at The Radio Pharmacist on Facebook or on my website at radiopharmacist.co.nz. Nō reda, nō mai, haere mai, and let's get started. And kia ora and welcome um, on this not too bad Tuesday, um, the first uh, first Tuesday of winter. Uh, looking at the weather forecast for the weekend, it looks like we might get some of that white stuff uh, to sea level if the if the predictions are correct coming up for the weekend. So uh, I'm sure that'll make the uh, the ski field operators very happy if it spreads up into central Otago. Um, it's, I've certainly noticed, as most people have, that we've certainly had a fairly pleasant and mild uh, autumn, and we haven't had some of those early snowfalls that we've uh, we've had uh, many years ago. It's interesting when we look at uh, we look at climate change and try to compare. I mean, our our time scale as human beings in terms of of the climate and geology, etc., is very very short. Uh, but I've certainly noticed. Uh, when I think about growing up in Southland in the in the 60s and 70s, we would sometimes have um, 30 or 40 clear, very clear, beautiful days, but frost every morning. Um, having to leave taps running, uh, we lived on a farm, and having to leave taps running to make sure that the pipes didn't freeze and the pump didn't freeze. Um, and I think even in Dunedin over the last... Uh, last 20, 25, 30 years, uh, I do recall, I mean, I live up the Leith Valley in Malvern Street and uh, it used to be an absolute skating rink every winter around the round Woodhall, around from the gardens up to the um, where you head up Rockside Road and it'd be sort of permanently frozen there. Uh, you don't notice that so much now. So whether that is, uh, I, we, we have to assume it's a result of climate change um, it may just be the result of uh, our rather short memories, um, but I mean, definitely we are seeing in terms of glaciers receding. I mean, if you, I don't know if uh, many of you have been up onto the, uh, you know, onto the terminal ice falls on the Tasman Glacier, etc. I remember when I was at university, we used to be able to drive basically right up to the Ball Glacier, and then go up onto the Ball Glacier, and there was an Alpine Club hut up there. Uh, now, last time I was up there, you couldn't get anywhere near it, um, and certainly the Tasmans uh, receded receded hugely. And same same thing is happening on the west coast, with a lot of our glaciers are disappearing. So, obviously, coming into winter, we we've discussed this. Uh, I hope not ad nauseum, but we have discussed this frequently. Uh, the situation with the winter illnesses. We're certainly starting to see lots of those. Uh, the cough mixtures, the paracetamol, the ibuprofen are all walking off the shelves. Um, the Obviously, at the same time, we've got real concerns about COVID, and I'm going to speak some more about the subvariants of COVID in a few moments. Uh, influenza, 
is rearing its ugly head and uh, all the indications are that it's going to be quite a serious influenza season with our health services already under under stress. Um, I see, I think it was in Queensland, the government there has moved to make uh, flu vaccination free for everybody. It's one of the things that I note with COVID reporting is that each day, obviously, we're getting the number of um, COVID cases reported, all the ones that have been officially reported. Um, the suggestions are that that's probably underreported by factors of two to four um, for a variety of reasons, people not realising that they have COVID or not wanting to report that they've got COVID, uh, a whole host of reasons. And the associated um, number of people who are dying, whether dying directly from COVID or whether they're dying uh, with COVID. Um, It's worth remembering a sobering figure that we don't like to talk about, but we do expect in a normal uh, winter uh, with flu season, so influenza, Without the pandemic, <laughs> excuse me, we do expect that each year there will be five to six hundred people a year who will die as a consequence of getting influenza. Now, if you think about that on a uh, an annualised basis, that means fifteen to twenty people a day, and you don't typically see those uh, that mortality. You don't normally see those people dying during the summer. It's more a uh, a winter respiratory illness. So if you ramp that up, we, if we were reporting the uh, influenza-related deaths um, in New Zealand every day through the winter, we'd probably be seeing several thousand cases and probably 20, 30, or 40 people a day. Now, that's not, not trying to um, make an invidious comparison with COVID, but what I am trying to point out is the fact that these respiratory illnesses have a very significant effect on our health and in some people's uh, case uh, they cause morbidity so we talk about morbidity and mortality morbidity is getting sick mortality is dying from getting sick so uh, these respiratory viruses are not to be treated lightly we tend to sort of lump them I hear people in the pharmacy the whole time says oh it's just the flu or it's just a cold well these are actually quite dangerous viruses and a lot of the, they have a lot of similarities, the respiratory viruses, where they're caused by different viruses, but the consequences for people are the same. And at a time that our health, <coughs> excuse me, our health service is stressed, we've come through nearly three years of uh, working under extreme pressure with, uh, with COVID and the pandemic. The last thing we want to do is continue to pile pressure on, on our health workforce. So there are some things that you can do, and I've made this plea before. If you haven't been immunised, please get immunised. There's no excuse apart from people who very rarely have an adverse reaction. There is no excuse not to be immunised. The notion that uh, by catching the infection you're going to protect yourself has been thoroughly debunked. Um, Yes, you will get some possible partial immunity, but the reality is that if you want to protect yourself, your family, your workmates, your community, your country, 
we want to keep our borders open, we want to have normal activities, then we need to get smart. And there's a number of things that we need to do in getting smart. The smartest thing to do is to get vaccinated. Um, So whether it's for influenza, which you can get at the moment, uh, so if you're over 65 or if you're Māori or Pacifica and you're over 55, if um, you're pregnant, if you have a whole host of underlying conditions which we can advise you about, then you're eligible to get your influenza vaccination for free. If you're not eligible to get it for free, a lot of workplaces actually provide vouchers for their staff. It's simple to get. You don't have to. You can get it at pharmacies or you can get it um, at the vaccination centres or you can get it at your, at your medical practitioner. The advantage of coming to pharmacy is most of us do walk in. So you can walk in there, we can give you the vaccination, we ask you to stay for 15, 20 minutes because we need to observe you to make sure that you don't get what we call an anaphylactic reaction. So that's the severe, I don't think I've seen one in terms of vaccination. I have seen anaphylactic reactions and they're they're not nice. It's where your immune system responds inappropriately to a challenge. And we screen to make sure that if people have had prior uh, anaphylactic reactions, then we're aware of it and we're well equipped to deal with that. So my plea is please come and get your influenza vaccination. Take advantage of of those free vaccinations. I know there is a lot of pressure being placed on government to... um, to provide free vaccinations for the whole population in the same way that we have with COVID. I don't think that's going to happen this year just simply because we haven't ordered enough stock. Um, we have to pre-order these vaccines. They, these vaccinate, they, the influenza vaccine has changed uh, twice a year. They have a different vaccine in the Northern Hemisphere for their winter and a different one for the Southern Hemisphere. And because of the lead time, uh, it takes time to order it. So we need, if we were going to ramp it up, which I hope that we will, I hope that uh, the government will see the sense, given the, I don't imagine the work, the health workforce problem is going to go away in the near future. I'm hoping that the government will see, see the sense and the value of immunising the whole country and will make it available to immunise the whole country. And uh, as I said, I don't think there's adequate stock in the country. I don't think there's adequate stock available to do go beyond what has been planned at the moment. Obviously, with COVID, we're expecting some new announcements uh, later this month around a perhaps the possibility of a second booster dose, booster dose um, for eligible people. That's probably going to be those who are immunocompromised and probably those with at-risk conditions and probably older people. But the major concern at the moment is our booster, those that are eligible for a booster at the moment that haven't had that booster. It's fundamentally important. Please go grab that booster. And the other key issue, the smart thing that we can all do is wear our masks and carry on with our, our personal hygiene, our hand hygiene, etc. It's got us this far. It just makes common sense to be wearing masks. I see so many people as, oh, well, this has passed. This hasn't passed, guys. The modelling for COVID shows that we're going to, we're expecting to see an uptick, and it's probably going to get worse through um, July, August, September, and then it'll probably be with us for some time to come.
So let's go to a break, um, and then I'm going to come back and I'll talk about uh, some of the symptoms that we're seeing at the moment. The Radio Pharmacist, sharing tips and practical advice on the management of a range of healthcare matters every Tuesday at noon on ORFM Dunedin. Taking the time to explore some of the bigger issues around health and well-being in simple, easy language we can all understand. The Radio Pharmacist, bold, innovative, sometimes controversial, and not afraid to tell it as it is. Tune in Tuesdays at noon on 105.4 FM and 1575 AM or online at oar.org.nz. That's the Radio Pharmacist, every week on Tuesdays at noon. That was a bit of nostalgia from uh, Indian Lake, I think, and the Kinks. I think that was probably, uh, sorry, it wasn't the Kinks, it was the Cowsills, I mean. Um, I think that was probably round about 1967, 1968. Um, I have fond memories of it because at the time I was uh, working as uh, school holidays as a lambing shepherd, and it used to sort of the, uh, be the music I'd listen to on my transistor radio the days before we had 
anything but transistor radios. It would be icy cold in Southland about half past six in the morning, uh, lighting a fire in the hut that I was staying at, but I still have very fond memories of that. So you're back listening to the Radio Pharmacist. As always, if uh, you want to listen to the show again, you can listen to it on podcast at oar.org.nz or on my website at radiopharmacist.co.nz. All you simply have to do is, in both sites, go in, click on the podcast um, label and uh, type in Radio Pharmacist and select the show that you want to listen to. So before the break, we were talking about the winter illnesses, and I now uh, want to talk some more about some COVID and some of the COVID subvariants that we're seeing in the country and sort of the symptoms that uh, we may or may not get. So there's been some interesting work uh, published, and I'm just going to talk some more about that. But let's talk about the symptoms, and then we'll talk about what you're commonly likely to see. So we've if you've been following the news, we have got a lot of the BA variants in New Zealand now. It uh, seems very clear that um, BA has taken over from Delta and there are some new variants. Whether they're going to take hold or whether they're going to make a difference, we don't know. We've um, Certainly we had BA1 in the first place, then BA2 seems to have taken over from that and there's some other variants as well now. Uh, they're all competing for the same space, obviously, and one assumes that because they're there, they've got some natural advantage. Because if they didn't have a natural advantage, they, uh, they wouldn't have got out into the community. The other thing to remember is that apart from the, um, the rapid antigen testing and some, still some PCR testing occasionally for healthcare workers, um, we can also track this in the wastewater. And so that the, the wastewater gives us a good idea of what the overall infection rates in the community are. So what are the types of symptoms that uh, we're likely to see? And as I said, they, they can range from being us being asymptomatic, we don't even know that we've got COVID, through to mild illnesses, through to very severe symptoms um, that can require hospitalisation and do require hospitalisation. Your best protection remains getting vaccinated. It may not protect you totally from getting <coughs> the Omicron variants, but it certainly, almost certainly will protect you from getting the severe consequences. So the types of symptoms we're going to see are things like fever or chills. Oh, that's what you'd expect from, from any of these respiratory viruses. Cough. The cough gets, for some people, gets to be really, really annoying. Um, and it can be quite hacking and quite distressing. The only thing I can suggest about the cough is you can come and buy cough suppressants from the pharmacy. There are a number of over-the-counter preparations typically containing fulcodine if the cough is dry and you want to suppress the cough. If it's a cough that's productive <coughs> excuse me, and you're producing phlegm, then we're going to use something different. We're going to use, a, uh, we'll use a, something to break down that mucus. The other solution, as always, is to humidify your airway and simply uh, get some, boil up some water, make sure you don't scald yourself, throw a towel over your head and just inhale the steam. And that's going to have the effect of actually soothing your airways. It'll stop some of that irritation um, and it will humidify the airways and hopefully if it's a mucus you're trying to get rid of, it will help it dissolve. So that's just a little tip for you. Um, shortness of breath or difficulty breathing, these are the, some of the severe side effects of COVID. 
And they're things that you do need to take note of if you're, and it can be on exertion, but it can be, um, yeah, just as a consequence. But if you're actually having difficulty breathing, and that's the cause to get yourself to ED or cause the call the ambulance. And I should say, I was out uh, delivering uh, some Paxlovid, which is for for a COVID positive patient. And one of the things I noticed in their home was a uh, they had an exercise room set up, and this particular person was wondering how quickly they could get back to exercise. Certainly, all the advice that we're giving at the moment is don't push yourself. If you've got COVID, don't get back into heavy exercise. It seems to be that you need to wait two, three weeks to get rid of the tiredness and then start doing things gradually. Um, There seems to be some overseas research suggests that if you get back into heavy exercise too quickly, you may become a candidate for long COVID. And we don't actually know what all the consequences of that are yet, but they, they don't seem terribly pleasant. Fatigue, obviously, people get very tired with this virus. So rest is important. If you have got the virus and you're self-isolating for seven days, then take that chance to just rest and relax. Uh, You can get muscle and body aches. That's once again typical of these types of infections. Uh, Headache um, is reasonably common. Uh, You can, if if it's severe, then take some paracetamol, some ibuprofen, those anti-inflammatories will help with the headache. Uh, Loss of taste or smell, it's not quite as common, but uh, it certainly does happen. I know one of my pharmacists uh, was diagnosed last week as um, COVID positive, and she's reported over the last couple of days that she's she's lost her sense of taste and smell. Uh, Sore throat, um, yeah, these are respiratory and viruses, so we'd expect to get a sore throat. Um, congestion and runny nose. Once again, the symptoms of uh, of all of these um, of all of these conditions. Um, occasionally, people will get nausea or vomiting, um, and occasionally diarrhoea. So, um, there's been a massive study called the Zoe COVID study which uh, records daily health reports for more than 4 million people worldwide. And the top five symptoms, so this is from 4 million people worldwide, are um, as of April, so this is people with the Omicron variant, uh, with runny nose, so 83% of people reported a runny nose, 71% reported fatigue, 69% uh, a sore throat, 69% a headache, and sneezing 68%. So if you've got any of those symptoms, then please get yourself tested. They could be a symptom of influenza. They could be a symptom of the common cold. Or they could be a symptom of COVID. Now, this is a simple way of finding out. If you haven't got some rapid antigen test at home, get some rapid antigen test and test yourself. Now, once again, if I think about my uh, the pharmacist I'm talking about, she was fairly sure that she had COVID symptoms and she'd had those for a number of days. Her rapid antigen tests were negative for two days and then on the third day, the viral load was heavy enough that they became positive. So her, her self-diagnosis was correct and she was getting all of those symptoms. She was getting fatigue, um, she was getting a cough, she was getting a runny nose, etc. So they're the things that you need to uh, look out for. 
The other symptoms, I said, are less common, but if you do get those, they're also indicative of COVID. So folks, look, it's going to be a difficult next three to four months. These viruses are going to be around. We're going to have COVID in the community for the foreseeable future. We're going to have influenza in the community for the foreseeable future. We're going to have the winter coughs and colds in the in the community for the foreseeable future. So my advice, please, is get vaccinated. If you're sick, stay at home. Don't share it with your friends and your colleagues and your family. Most importantly, wear masks. Most importantly, take care of your personal hygiene, particularly your hand sanitization. And there's clear evidence that even in this climate, we need to make sure at home that we've got a decent airflow through our house. It doesn't have to be a huge airflow, but changing that air is going to protect us all. So look, we're out of time. Thanks for listening to me today. I hope you found today uh, interesting, and I look forward to talking to you again next week. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.